It's the Big and Wild Christmas Spectacular with your host, Braden Gunn, Vince Noble, and Slick. So I'm, I'm kind of, what? Yeah, we're going. Oh, I'm sorry. Hey. <laughs> this is staying. Welcome, welcome in. Show. No, welcome, in. <laughs> welcome in. Hour number two. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, Vince. Very Merry, Merry Christmas, Merry Slick. Christmas. No, Merry, Christmas. Merry Christmas to you as well. Merry Christmas, Bill, out tractoring around today. Uh, I was just, I'm sorry, I was going over my notes and I was like, man, I'm really excited about this uh, civilian military force that our governor's thinking about in, implementing. <laughs> and then I thought about our chat, uh, you know, about the uh, paintball team. And I was like, yeah, that's, uh, well, we'll throw Slick in the mix. But, you know, I don't, I'm not to bring up a heart bonnet for too long, but if you read the Florida State Constitution, if you read our Constitution, every able-bodied male that is a citizen of Florida is already in the militia, which is under the direction of the governor. So uh, I don't understand why he has to have another upper, you know, civilian. So, so you know, the force. idea, the idea behind it is, is it's more for the things that you can't do. It takes a lot to mobilize the national guard. It requires a state emergency and this, and it's not always done right there at the governor. Sometimes it declare it requires the president. This militia is going to be able to be controlled by him. So hurricane comes through, he has a, an instant reaction force. It's like having a QRF for him. Well, he already That's has that. Cool, he already has that in troopers. Uh, troopers are direct. They work There's under the not government. enough of them, though. I know, and for them to all converge in one place takes uh, a lot of high-speed driving and then getting there in time. But And then you lose, you lose that part of your force to do their thing. So this is a force that people will be able to come be a part of, and they go out and help. They'll mobilize. They'll get paid. They'll get I think training. It's a good idea. It's like I a volunteer it's a fire idea. department. Yeah. yeah, it's a good. That's idea. That's exactly what it is. It's yeah. a volunteer fire department. Yeah, and uh, you show. I mean, growing up here, right here where the radio station is uh, in the county, we had a volunteer fire department over there off Gandy behind uh, the old Barney's. Yeah, I mean, we didn't. Fossil Park Fire Department's right over there off of uh, 70-something, and they couldn't come to a fire over here because they're city. Well, with so. all the hurricanes and everything that come through, you, you know, if you have a boat, you're, you'd be a perfect person to be in this because half the time you need a boat to get in. Yep. Oh, look at the Cuban, uh, the, what is it, the Cajun Navy and all those yeah. guys. Those are, I mean, it's a great thing to have at your disposal, but... Anyway, I, I'm all for it. I, I'll sign I up. Just, I, I, I yeah, would too. Like that. I, like, would too. I don't think it's going to be as strict as the military. I think it, it'll probably have military dudes that are you know prior service guys that go in, but it's going to help out. We can't always go, and it takes a lot to move us around because there's moving pieces, there's bureaucratic processes. That oh, sure. It takes closing down roads so much time. Down. I can only imagine. Oh, yeah, it's, but it's if, a nightmare. If you got a force where they call up all the volunteer things, man, you got everybody showing up in – from everything from Toyota Corollas to half tracks, it's all. You know, it's, it'd be awesome. Well, I wanted to get this out while we were uh, talking. I know that on this show we we're trying to cover a lot of stuff that we kind of missed on some past shows. But one of the things I did want to bring up was uh, it was great to hear that Maine, the little tiny state of Maine, actually, tiny little yeah, it's Maine's tiny. huge. No, it's not. It's, yeah, it is. Oh yeah, where well, you can stick it in Lake Okeechobee. Come on. I mean, I don't even think it covers Tampa Bay. I don't, but but, wow. but anyway, a little bit of Maine there. They actually had their highest record number of deer taken, uh, highest number harvested uh, this year so far. It's really, you think about little Maine over there. I mean, I think I'm lobster. Serious. I don't think deer. They killed almost thirty nine, almost forty thousand deer out of Maine uh, so Lord. far. And and I say that that's a little slick because. There's literally about two or three counties in Missouri where they would get that same number. 
That's a lot. That just blows me away that that many deer are being harvested. And the, the, the what makes it even more remarkable is the fact that only 15 to 17 percent of hunters are in the state that kill the deer. But I, but it's and maybe small in population, but it's not a small state. I've been to Maine multiple times. One of my actually hands down one of my favorite states up in the north because of how beautiful it is, how wild it is. But they're really having a deer problem is a people problem. So well, we no, need to go. It's a deer problem in the fact that they they look at it and they say that uh, the deer numbers were going up. They didn't have enough hunters, so they actually released more doe tags and things like that to actually manage the deer. They wanted them to go out and, and, and take a lot more than they actually could. But uh, they ended up, the, the final tally was 38,916 deer that have been killed since the season opened up in September. What blows me away is this country, we are plentiful in resources. How are we short on food? Well, it's because most people think the food comes right from the store or in a bag somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that's what it is. Is people don't know how to go out there and hunt. My uh, my girlfriend was asking. She's like, "Aren't you worried about food shortages?" I was like, "I got a buddy of mine that loves to go hog hunting. If we absolutely need to, I take the truck up there. We'll go kill about three or four hogs. That's gonna last us for a while." Well, I, I know that true, it's true. I, I know that it's always used as a joke on the show. You know about my Muscovy ducks and my squirrels <laughs> and all that other stuff like that. But jokingly aside. You, I really do look at that as that possibility. I, that's, I, I mean, I say it jokingly, but I, keep, the, possible. I yeah. keep those ducks around and I keep those squirrels there for that legitimate reason. Because if the crap hits the fan and there is no more, uh, you know, grocery store or anything else like that, me and the kids are eating. And uh, my kids are not afraid to eat Muscovy ducks. They're not afraid to eat squirrel. They're not I'll afraid eat to eat uh, ringneck doves no. in the backyard. They're not afraid of any of that stuff. So... Uh, while they're out panicking and standing there with a shopping cart, uh, banging on doors, wondering when the next <laughs> semi is going to be coming on, we're going to be, be back. We're going to be backyard grilling. So I, you know, like I won't do the Muscovy, but I like I yes, said, I know, I, I know, hungry, I, well, I know where I know where to go get pigs. Like pigs are wild and plenty. We I'm ta- you're talking about. You, I just said you, you got to go to get those pigs. I don't have to go anywhere to go get those ducks. I don't have to go anywhere. Yeah, but to if get I go and get squirrels. three pigs, that's going to last me at least. But you have to go a year. That's fine. Yeah, it's it's going to be a good a good amount of time. But okay, so I go. That's that one trip I've got to make, and that's it. We're talking about two different total scenarios. All obviously, I know, all you're I like know, nuclear fallout. Hold on. I'm, 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 if you have no food here and you have no gas and you have you're no gonna, tankers, you're and gonna you have, eat it. You're gonna I'm, dude. It's gonna be on the all grill. All I know is I gotta be there before the last sandbag goes up. That that's, is that's true. all I know. That's that's, <laughs> that's the rule that Steve Austin came up with years ago. He's like, I love you. Everything's all good. But when the last sandbag goes up, don't knock on my door. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you, you had your chance and now it's done. I'm inside and we're barricaded in. Uh, the other story I wanted to talk about was one that um, I I hate to say this, but I had to educate my son on on what to do. In, an, in a situation like this when he started his spearfishing. You know, uh, the first day that he went out, of course, he was harassed by a, a guy on the seawall saying, you know, you can't do that. Right. You know, you can't be here. You know, you can't do He kept saying you can't. And so not knowing the rules at the time or anything else, you know, of course, the kid left. And then once, of course, I educated him on that, <laughs> talking to the FWC, nope. talking to the, the dive shop owners and all that stuff. Now he's loaded with the right and the proper information. So when someone comes up and says you can't, uh, you can go, yes, I can because of this is why. So 
uh, gentlemen out there, there was a story that came out a couple of weeks ago. Two women were uh, fined for harassing bear hunters. And when I say harassing bear hunters, they weren't the ones that you've seen videos of where they're walking through the woods banging on pots and whistling and blowing whistles and doing all the other stuff, which, by the way, is hunter harassment. And they, yes, can be fined for that. These two uh, residents were found guilty last month of interfering with three bear hunters by um, the guys were out in the woods. They're running hounds, which is perfectly legal to do. They're out there in a 27,000-acre chunk of public land. And uh, when the bear led them and the hounds onto some private property, it climbed up in a tree. And the hunters did the wrong thing. They crossed into the property to retrieve the dogs. They left the bear, but they... You know, I had to get yeah. the dogs back. They left the bear in the tree. But when the hunters returned to their truck with the hounds, they discovered that two women, Gorton residents, Donna Barbic and Betty Eastman, had uh, let all the air out of their tires. Oh, no. Uh-uh. Oh, it's it's game on. You, yeah. you done lost now. So unsurprisingly, the two parties, uh, you know, started arguing. And one of the women uh, then released a uh, German Shepherd from her own vehicle, which attacked and injured one of the leashed hounds. And the hound had to be taken to the veterinarian for treatment. So the troopas up in Vermont were called, and they got the authorities there. And after the investigation uh, by the state game warden found that the bear hunters were properly licensed and permitted, only a small percentage of bear hunters or receive permits to run hounds. So these guys literally had to have all the paperwork to have it done. And uh, they remained within the law when they were retrieving their hounds. So these two, the ladies, Barbaric, or Barbic and Eastman, were cited f- for interfering with lawful hunting. And both were found guilty on the charges. Each woman was fined $262 and had her license privileges for hunting, fishing, trapping revoked for one year. Not to know that if she does. What did they not have to pay for the vet bills either? They should have. Yeah, I, it doesn't say anything about you, that. But uh, if I'm your sure. dog jacks up my dog, we're gonna have a day. That would probably be, <laughs> yeah, that might that might be a civil court matter. Well, you know, especially so, yeah. if my dog's on a leash and yours isn't. Yeah, if you release your dog to attack my dog, that's like dog fighting. Now you got to picture this: these guys are out there in the woods. And they're running around. The bear goes over. It goes in a tree. They get their dogs. They come back. The air is all out of their truck tires. They let all the air out of their tires. And you have a 67-year-old woman and an 83-year-old woman standing there berating you on what your activities are. I'd be peeved. I'd be taking your Social Security. <laughs> I don't really go that far. Let the punishment fit the crime. I think 262 no bucks. And uh, having, <laughs> obviously the one still actually fished or hunted or trapped or did something or whatever because they revoked one of them's anyway. So I don't know if the 83-year-old was still out there banging around on the ice. But Ethel, uh, Ethel, come on. we got to go hunt these hunters. I've got to drop a line today. But I, I wanted to bring that up uh, on the <laughs> fact that I know we're in full swing of, of, of the hunting season and all that kind of stuff. And, and it goes on. And it doesn't just happen in the woods. It happens a lot. On the water. I was going to say, on the water. I've had that more than not. Yeah. You know, our, our good friend, you know, Tom Free, uh, lived over by Shore Acres and used to have guys fishing off of his dock all the time. Because <clears throat> Tom had, you know, the lights underneath, uh, all underwater, and they had the artificial reef thing that was hanging uh, underneath the dock and all that stuff. So it was a gathering place for lots of fish. 
and he didn't care. He was like, dude, you know, if you get if you get caught on the dock or something, just try to make every effort to get it off of the pole, and if you can't, just whistle, and I'll come out, and I'll get it off for you. He was very cool about it. There are a lot that are out there that are very cool, but there's also a lot that are jerks. Well, you yeah. gotta, I, I bring this up because you have to know with the massive influx of new carbon-producing human beings that have moved into this state. Ugh. Who literally grew up in a place where they have an apartment, their dog has had to poop on uh, sidewalks, and they pick it up, and now they have this big, uh, luxurious place, waterfront piece of property with a dock on it, and they think that they own everything that's out there and associated with it. So I guarantee you that those events are actually going to go even higher. Yeah, I could see that. I, I, I've had a person throw lead weights at us before. Oh, I, what? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. man. I almost came off the boat onto the dock. I've had uh, I've had individuals uh, turn on the hose. Uh, I've had individuals run out and uh, start up the motors. Yep. You know, do those kinds of things, and I'm just like, why would you go to all that? Just because I'm sitting here fishing for fish. Because they think they own the fish. I had a guy do a jet ski. I was sitting there, and he comes up, and his, he put the jet ski in the water. Wah! He goes, no, nah, there's no fish, jerk. I was like, really? Are, are you seriously? You, you oh, did dude. all that for that? You know, Yo, when, 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 uh. it, when it happened in my neighborhood where I grew up on the water, uh, uh, you know, we all knew each other. We all got to know each other. We were going out every single day. <clears throat> Let me just end on this one. When you have somebody that does that and you're a teenager, our response to them would have been... A lot different than it is now. No, it would have been, happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> and you just leave them with that because they're thinking, happy Halloween? What do they mean by happy? Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Honey, we're going to be staying up all night on Halloween. That's true. We're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden, Vince, and Slick hanging out with you on this beautiful Saturday morning. We hope you're having a great time with friends and family. And uh, have a healthy, healthy, healthy day today. Eat lots of food and have a good time. We're going to take a break. We'll be back. Good morning, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. Uh, Vince and I and uh, Brayden Gunn and uh, Slick hanging out with you this morning on uh, Saturday morning. Before the uh, break, we were talking a little bit about hunter harassment, and I wanted to show you guys this picture. My son went out uh, a week ago with his friends, uh, the Maverick Soup. I mean, these are all nicknames, of course. You got Maverick, you got Soup, and I think uh, Damon. Who, was, it, who who decides that soup is what I want to be called? Well, there, I, there, you probably shouldn't talk about that on the air. I, 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 I could say, you know, soup is uh, it's it's very adequate. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so when they went out, they went out and they did some spear fishing, and uh, they got a bunch of stone crabs. They found an area where there was a bunch of stone crabs in rock, and so they started catching stone crabs. Not knowing the rules of stone crabbing, uh, they would just take the crab and they threw it in the cooler with the, you know, in the water, in the tank and all that kind of stuff with a bubbler and kept them alive like you would do with <laughs> blue crabs, you know? Uh, so they, they caught maybe, I don't know, like 25 
of them or something like that. Twenty five, thirty. Honey hole then. Dude, yeah. They, and oh, I'll show you a picture of the smallest claw. And you know, my kid ain't got no small mitts, and this thing is pretty big. But well, let me show you the let me show you the claw before I uh, caress you with the rest of the story. Holy moly! Right there. Dude. Whoa! So they knew the they knew the inches of whatever it is that they could keep when it comes to the claws, but uh, when they pulled up to the dock at a uh, super secret location that I will not reveal, uh, as soon as Soup got off the boat, his mom was there to pick him up. What do you see there? FWC. <laughs> What do you see there? <laughs> <laughs> FWC officers like, uh, you guys doing it good? And they're like, yeah, we got some stuff. He goes, what were you guys doing? He goes, well, we were all out. We were going out to go spearfishing, but we got some stone crabs. And he goes, oh, okay. And he goes, this guy's with you, right? And he's like, uh, yeah, because he was leaving. His mom was picking him up. And he says, buddy, do you mind if I check your backpack and make sure you're all good before you leave? And he's like, uh, okay. And his mom, he said his mom literally sat in the car, didn't get out at all while soup, while soup was being searched. <laughs> oh, my God. So, he t- of course, they took a picture of him, you know, so they could harass the crud out of oh, him. Of course. And uh, my son sent, him, sent me the picture and said, look, Dad, soup got busted by the FWC. And I was like, what? <laughs> so here's what makes it worse. A bunch of teenagers in a boat laughing at their friend being searched by the FWC. What do you think the FWC officers going to do? Oh, they're going to check the, everything on that boat. <laughs> stem to stern, boy. Stem to yep. stern. Yes. Yep. So the FWC officer was already in a good mood. And so he comes walking over and he goes, hey, you guys had a pretty good laugh over your buddy over there. And they're like, well, we just thought it was funny because you, you, you checked his backpack and everything else like that. And he goes, yeah, well. Now I'm going to check all of your stuff. And, uh, <laughs> uh-huh. and uh, so they, they, they passed the boat inspection. Everything was there that they had to be. And, of course, he's like, I need you to open up that cooler. And they flip open the cooler, and here are all these stone crabs. Oh, oh man. So the officer looked at him and said, uh, boys, do you know the rules when it comes to stone crabs? And they're like, yes, sir. It has to be like two and a quarter inch. And so they went through the what they knew. And he says, well, the part that you're leaving out is that you cannot bring them in whole. (laughs) They have to be taken off, and the crab has to be released. So here's what I'm going to offer you. I can either dump them all out right here, or you can sit here and remove those claws off of those crabs, and I will let you do that, and then you can release them right here. So, of course, you know, my son and his buddies were like, okay, we'll do that. And now here's the funny part. Now you have to reach your hand into a cooler. Full of crabs. Full of stone crabs. (laughs) Grab them with your bare mitts and And take them out and pop a claw and then dump it over the side. My son said that FWC officer sat over there and laughed his butt off for about 15 minutes. <laughs> I just want to give him. I want to give a round of applause to Soup though. He was the only one smart enough to get out of there. He, <laughs> got, he got the easiest thing done off. You want to check my backpack? Fine, we're good. We're done. I can't buy. Hi, mom. Let's go get a burger. Whereas those boys had to sit there and pop those claws off of every single one of those crabs and release them, and not without due process. Oh yeah, he got it. Oh man, he got yeah. it. Baby. He got on the on the knuckle. Of course, uh, the pincer got him because he was uh, grabbing the crusher, and he said it was so funny because the officer was standing there going, "Just grab him, man! Get him over there! Get him in the corner! Grab him over there! Get it right there! No, no, no! He's gonna get away!" Well, 
he was worried about the one in the corner trying to grab it and the one that was next to it that was doing the other scuttle from the other hand laid into him with a pincer onto his middle finger and uh, took a good little uh, whack on him. So they learned a valuable lesson. And that's what I told him. I said, look, the FWC officer gave you guys a break. Oh, yeah. But he also gave you a lesson. So now you will never forget that you need to pop that claw before you do it. I said, if you talk to anybody else, most of the time when they're doing that, you pop it and you put it in a cooler full of ice. ice. Yep. And then you go your way. And they're like, well, Dad, you always told me seafood spoiled us so quickly and we didn't have any ice and all that stuff, so we just brought them in whole and we figured we would do it. And I said, well, now you know. Now you know, and the officer gave you a break. So, oh, yeah. I mean, and, and good to the officer, too, because you don't always have to write tickets and send them in trouble. You know, teach the kid a lesson so he understands. It, it builds a better relationship between it, FWC exactly. and like you sure. know future uh, future sportsmen. Yeah, well, I know that uh, my good friend Greg, who, who passed away, was an FWC officer, and that was his beat around there, around Wien Island and all that stuff like that. Right. And I know how he is. He grew up here. He was a fisherman and all that kind of stuff, and, and he would cut people breaks all the time, unless there was alcohol involved. Otherwise, that was that was always a bad thing, or that they were under the influence of something. That would, that would never fly. Not because of what they were doing in the water, but what would happen on top of the water. That always concerned them. But if it was somebody like my kid and right. a bunch of other teenagers, he would do the same thing. He'd give them a lesson, do their thing, let them go, and do their, and do their stuff. Now, if they were uh, belligerent and being uh, idiots and, uh, game, yeah. and uh, being the, you know, yeah, whatever, man, why are you harassing us, you know, kind of deal uh, – that's usually when things go bad. So, you know, with with B and all his boys now going out there doing their spearfishing, are they are they paying attention to their surroundings underwater? Yes, and that was taught to uh, Barrett uh, at a very young age. That, um, and, and not only by me, but also by you know Bill Hardman, of course, right. with uh, Aquatic Obsessions and Teresa Hardman, uh, right. Teresa out there at the Jim's Dive Shop. They uh, they were always like, he's like, well, you know, typical teenager. Well, why do I need a flag for? I'll just stick my head up. And they're like, have you ever been underwater when a boat goes by? <laughs> yeah. Because you don't know where it's coming from. It all makes the same sound. Yeah. It's just a yeah. And you don't know if it's over there to the right or to the left or behind you or whatever it is. So you coming up and sticking your head out of the water may be the bad, worst thing that you could do. You know? And uh, so he didn't know that. But it's a learning process. Right. And they are being aware of their surroundings. He understands, uh, you know, tide, riptide, what to do in a riptide, how to get out of it, all that kind of stuff like that. What about, like, the sharks? Especially sharks, in those canals, man. I mean, he's got to keep his eyes open. That's mom's worst nightmare is, you know, my, my precious baby boy losing a finger or a toe or a thigh muscle from, uh, yeah. from a shark. But, uh, no, I've told him, I said, he... Dude, you know my kids. Yeah, he's pretty They've smart. been raised with the term sh- bull shark 30 since the day they were in diapers out on the beach. They know that there are certain times in the where I looked at my watch and I go, Time to get out of the water. I didn't even have to say anything. At first, when they were kids, I did. I'd say, hey, it's bull shark 30, out of the water, get out of the beach, let's go, look out of here. And they're like, now all I have to do is go, <whistles> and they look up and I go, point to the wrist, and they're like, we got to go. And they're like, why you got to go? Because Dad says it's Bull Shark 30. We got to get out of water. So, but it's, uh, it is true, though. I mean, yeah. Well, he knows. I said, 
Well, it's Christmas morning. He hasn't opened his present yet, but I know he's not listening. But I got him a really good dive knife for Christmas. Oh, awesome. man, really? I bought him one of the Bubba's off of our webpage. I went through bigandwild.com and got one of the dive. Very nice. The spear Those are awesome. Yeah, so I got him that and uh, so that he'll have that. And I've tried to do my best when it comes to sharks. Teach them, you know, body language, you know, pectoral fence down, you know, beans are aggressive, that they're being upset. Good. I said, but with a bull shark, the bad part is, is that you're, you're in that murky up. water, you're in that dirty canal water, whatever it is, and nine times out of ten, you don't even see it coming. It ain't and, like uh, being down in a reef somewhere. Right. If you're off, you know, ten miles off, it's one thing. But, yeah, in those canals, those canals get nasty. Oh, yeah. we I've dredged up some pretty crazy stuff when I did salvage work. Oh, man, it was bad. Yeah, well, I think that that's going to be the next uh, item. He was talking about being under some big docks and some boats that were extremely dark. He couldn't see, so it may be a, a light may be in the future. Right. I said, I said, why would you need a light? When I did it, I would get in the shadows, use the shadows, and when the fish would go into the light, whoop, bam! That's when you knock the crud out of them with that spear. What? They don't see you. You see them. Shabang! It's like back, back when I did things. Now listen here. <laughs> That's tactical training, man. Everybody knows you don't turn the lights on in the house when you're trying to see outside the house. Am now I not you, right? Now, now you're sounding like a dad where you're just like, I've got to turn every light off in this house uh, and under uh-huh. the dock. I'm not paying to light the fish up. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about if you're in a tactical situation, turn the lights off inside the oh, house yeah. so you can see outside the house. I wouldn't have the lights on anywhere. So I'm just you gotta saying, get that low. You got to train your eyes. It, it takes like 15, 15 minutes of total of total time in the darkness to be able to full, to have like humans have an innate uh, night vision. We actually right. see our our uh, our eyes open up. They the pupils they dilate a little bit more, allowing more light in, so you can see more. Takes a little bit. So you got to start cutting off light as soon as you can. Red lights even are just as bad as any light. So well, I, I, I so I said use the shadows to your advantage. Get in the shadows. My dad taught me that when he was to go out and used to shoot jewfish yeah. and snapper off of the legs of those big oil rigs. You get in the shadow of the leg, and you're against the the leg, and all the fish are in the sunlight. You're easy, they don't see you. You see them. Boom. You're out there killing the crowd. Oh, why? You got some advice for him? What, what do you want to do? For the, for the shark? Yeah. Just keep your eyes open, man. Don't don't be a typical teenager. Be like, swimming around, swimming around. Look at the fish. <laughs> You know, just keep paying attention. We're not talking about a tourist at Disney Island. The kid's out hunting. Now, I understand that, but he's also focused on this fish he's hunting. He's not focused on what's going on around him. I've tried to keep him uh, abreast of that situation, especially other people with launchable spears attached to guns. Exactly. Uh, you know, I said uh, your mother's worst nightmare already is not only sharks, but, you know, uh, somebody not seeing, they turn and they fire, you know, on a fish, and uh, you were in the same general direction. That's yeah, a bad not, idea. That's, that's not good. I don't know how many of those dang things I see on social media, all these spear clubs. It's uh, not good to see a shaft going through somebody. It's, if it'll go through a, an amberjack, that's one thing. I don't want to be Debbie Donner. I just want to make sure he avoids paying attention, you know, that's all. Just trying. I can only do so much for Okay. Right, we're going to take a break. It is a big and wild outdoors. I have to go dry my eyes. Uh, thank you so much. We're going to uh, take a break and brought to you by Brandon Ford. Look at the size of that squirrel. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list, checking it twice. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors, Saturday morning edition. Good morning. I hope your uh, beautiful Saturday 
Christmas morning is going extremely well. Lots of hot cocoa. It's it was until you drugged me in here and said, we've got to do a show today. And I, I was know, like, right? ah. It's nice and warm in here. It's I'm going right. to call last night, dude. We're doing the show. I meant, I'm to, like, ask, really? I meant to ask you, uh, what's, what's in the bag there, Biggie? Nothing. What's in the bag? What's in the bag? Napkins. Is that all it's, all it's left? Pretty much. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you got a bag that big? How much food could you bring in there, man? What is that? All that was I know he's been knocking on Bill George, but at least Bill George brings us food. What does that say on there? Maria, Mariah's menu? What does that say? Mahia, Mahum? Oh, McDonald's is doing a uh, Mariah Carey thing. Oh, is that what it is? Are you yeah. kidding me? If I don't know that, I would not have stopped <laughs> <laughs> I cannot stand that. Woman. I thought it was some new restaurant. I'm like, uh, what is that? An Italian place? Maria's menu? What is, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't know that. Uh, listen, there was a story that came out that uh, I know it really doesn't have very much to do with the outdoors, but it has a lot to do with the outdoors. And one of them was uh, the story that came out about a week or so ago that there is this huge, ginormous wind farm that's being uh, planned off the Atlantic coast. And uh, the fishermen out there are already screaming and yelling that this is a really, really, really bad idea. They're actually going to do it out in the water? Yeah, it's the called the Vineyard Wind Project. Uh, and they're trying to literally get their as much political stuff they can do to put an end to it. They're literally trying to stop it before it even gets started. GE's new Halda X offshore wind turbine. Now get this. This is out in the water, how off the shores, where all the fishing grounds are. I was going to say, how far out? Uh, I don't have that right now, but I'll get to it. Um, each blade of this wind mill, one single wind turbine, whatever you want to call it, is longer than a football field. That's ridiculous. It's, oh, yeah. it's It takes a uh, – my uncle, he transports them. That's what his job is, is he actually moves them from uh, from where they're built to where they're actually installed. Well, he needs to start doing what UPS and everybody else is doing. Start throwing them in the ditch. Uh, <laughs> That's FedEx, by the way. Whatever. Uh, each blade is longer than a football field, and the height of it is nearly three football fields in height. So we're talking over 300 yards all the way around. That's ridiculous. Okay, so it's a dynamic one. And now when you think about how, how big that is and how much – uh, strain is put on that piece of machinery. How big do you think the imprint has to be on the seafloor? How many hundreds of thousands of thousands of, of square cubic yards of concrete have to be poured on that sea bottom to support that thing and hold it in place? A crap ton. I hope a good hurricane comes through. I mean, you could almost build like a 10 different uh, high-rises for the amount of uh, concrete that would have to be put down there. And that's just what anchors it on there. And then, of course, you add in the miles and miles of transmission lines that have to be buried, dug in, and then brought back to shore. So you're tearing up the bottom. You're tearing up prime spots. Exactly. And now this is the thing. All they in the name of energy. They broke ground last month on the Vineyard Yard 1 in the waters just off of Massachusetts, New York, and Rhode Island. And all these local fishermen that have literally been there for generations, I mean, right. since, since we were a country, have been fishing out there, are the ones that are spearheading this saying, dude, this is nothing but a dangerous proposition that's going to screw up everything out here in our livelihood. For cheaper electricity, this is not worth it. I mean, it's going to tear up the sea floor. It's going to take forever for anything to come back. 
our livelihoods are going to be cut short on any of this stuff. Well, what do you? Th- I mean, hold on now, too. As a fisherman, if you don't have your GPS and your mark spots, how do you tell where the, where the fish are at? Well, by uh, the birds, by the birds, and all the other stuff, which you cannot have anywhere near those things. They'll, they, they'll they're murderers. Them. Yeah, they kill. Yeah, them. they've they've. Uh, there's a couple of the ones over in the Midwest that haven't they like bring brought birds to extinction. That, and you know what really miffs me about that is any one of those people of the power company or the feds or anybody who did all that, they're all exempt from from raptor deaths. So any golden oh. eagles or bald eagles or California condors or anything else no, that are hit man, by that on. blade, they're literally exempt from it. There is no ramifications to them whatsoever. Because, you know, electricity and their initiative and their agenda is more important than the other stuff. Where, where, where's PETA and World Health and uh, World because Wildlife? It, and I'm not even. I'm not even willing to give PETA that win. It's like clean, I, it's clean energy. That's why. You, know, you want clean energy? We live on a water. Let me go ahead and just open up your eyes. You ready? Bring it. We live on a water planet. Hydrogen is the fuel of the future. As it should have been for a very long time. And hydrogen, the Hindenburg scared everybody away from it, and that's why we don't have it running today. And, of course, petroleum products, would still we'd still be drilling for oil, but if you could run on hydrogen, the only thing that's produced when you burn hydrogen is oxygen, water vapor, and a little bit of nitrous oxide. That's so, it. There would be no ozone problems. No ozone. There would be no... <laughs> I, I'm with the nuclear option. Now we'd, now we'd have a news report saying... The oxygen levels are so high today that people are literally falling asleep in their cars. We have to have more CO2 because... Uh, but the birds are, are safe. Because you can breathe pure oxygen and you may die. I, seriously. Yeah, you're <laughs> you're, you're you know not it. far from it. But what, what gets me about this is uh, one of the things they say in here is those big ginormous blades, as we have found out, because Wyoming is now burying them on the prairie... They have a very short lifespan. I wouldn't think that they did, but obviously they do. So now they have to pull all of those blades off every once in a while, go through the whole process of now destroying those blades that are over a football field in length. And where are they going to take those and get rid of them? There is no recycling of them. There is no renewal of them, and, and there's nothing else. So they have to go through this. And not only that, since it is a power source, you're not going to be allowed to go fish around it as per 9-11. You can't go in the warm water outlets anymore. You can't oh, go in all that stuff. Oh, my God. I didn't even think of so, that. So now the area around the said uh, windmill, wind farm thing is now, you can't fish there. You can't go anything so there. There's, what's, what's the point? Of, I mean. <laughs> it's short-term solutions to long-term problems. It's oh. a long-term problem to a short-term solution. Drill some oil, burn some coal, make electricity, and here we go. I mean, I don't like the offshore drilling. There's plenty of oil in the lands that we can There get. is, but there's, but there's a conservation act up in Alaska. Alaska has more oil than anywhere than a lot of places, but the, because people, and I was listening to a podcast of somebody who's actively has been trying to get drill uh, drilling fields up in Alaska, he says a lot of these people, they see these one or two photos of Alaska where it's beautiful. It's the rugged wilderness that you would think, right. and they compute that to all of Alaska. So Alaska is now federally protected lands all over, and now you have communities that are dying out because there's no money going to them. There's nothing, and it, like you're saying, if we go up there, we tap, tap, tap. Not only would you bring business and money to these uh, communities that are starving for people, like you, there's ones that you have to travel like five, six hours to go see a doctor. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, true. you know that what? True. A, a change of uh, leadership can can change all that. But this is the the thing like this. It stays for such a long time, and once you make that mistake, it's hard to go back. And uh, I remember the very first time I ever went out to go shoot prairie dogs in Wyoming. I know I've talked about this, but going out there, it was beautiful, rolling prairie, and it was gorgeous and all that stuff. Then you go out there three years later, and it's like windmills everywhere. All through the prairie, there's nothing but windmills, and you're like, this just looks like two types of crud out here. It I is. mean, it just looks horrible. Half of them weren't spinning. It's an eyesore on the on anything. Like, I don't know where it's anybody horrible. got it. That was a great idea. And not only is, you know, who got paid off to put what where. Exactly. And, uh, and that's you know, the other part of it. Well, the sad part is you walk into a rancher's place and you go, we're going to pay you $200,000 if you let us uh, take this, you know, acre of area here on each plot. We'll pay you for each one. And they're like, okay, sure, why not? I don't care. Put the dang fan up there. Do what you got to do. And You know uh, what we need to do? We need to bring in Kevin Costner in from Yellowstone. Uh, <laughs> bring, him, bring him to the train station. Take it to the train station. <laughs> you know, I said it, it's simple as this. If you really want to make things where we have this renewable energy and we have a process that doesn't cause pollution, but yet this is the thing. Nobody wants to hear it. I said, use your solar panels. Take solar panels. All right. Here in Florida, yeah, we have sunshine, maybe in California or Arizona. You, well, use the, you use the solar panels to produce electricity. That electricity is used to break water in half for oxygen and hydrogen. So you have a oxygen, you have a fuel being produced with no maintenance except for piping and stuff like that. That's it. The sun produces electricity. The electricity breaks the bond. You produce hydrogen and oxygen. You're literally sitting there making fuel and fresh air. And you know, here's the same thing with the with the water. Not to, not to cut you no, off. You, no, you're good. You're good. Same thing with water. Everybody complains about getting fresh water. Well, hello. We're surrounded by water. Why don't we have desal plants? There's a issue with that because you got to do something with the brine. The brine that that it produces, you can't just put it back in there. And sure if you, you dump it back into the water, it's killing fish. They've already tried this. Now you're doing it the wrong way. You, you got to do it. You got to disperse. So well, you can't do it. It's highly solidic. Like yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. issue, and it it's kills re- everything. It, it's really affecting Dubai, isn't it? <laughs> I, look, right. I, I'm not. I'm, all I'm saying is, is I've I've seen the sciences on that one, but the. Um, what was I saying beforehand? It well, was something. I, oh, solar I, panel fields. Solar panel fields. I'll give you, I'll Those give are you. out there, but they they just the the technology's not there yet. It sure, it is. It's it's somewhat there, but it's not enough to produce the amount of electricity that everybody thinks it is. And if you have like a month, like remember two years ago when it rained for an entire month of August, like it was day in day out. You don't need you, that much electricity to you, produce hydrogen. It does, but you still need to have it to produce a lot of things, and you're you're putting a little too much faith in it. And no. I'm I'm with you. I, I would no, rather see no. a solar field than no. I. Think a wind field. If you, if you literally make a, uh, I mean, Florida Power is building that big giant battery storage thing over there with that. Yeah, one. but it takes solar energy takes a long time to build up there. The panels just aren't that good yet. That's fine, but what it does is it charges those batteries like capacitors, and once they get full, then you use them to produce the hydrogen, oxygen that so, you do. Uh, you can take a nine volt battery and two wires and put it on the strips, put them in water, and it'll actually produce hydrogen and oxygen. It'll break the bonds. Yeah, but you got to think about nine volt freaking battery. You got to think about how many people are going to need that energy. I'm not talking about that need that energy. I'm not housing <laughs> people. Got, it doesn't matter because you, you're you're trying to solve a problem. You're not listening. I don't I, think you're listening. No, you, you take the hydrogen, you burn it. You take the hydrogen, you burn it in place of natural gas. <laughs> you go to you your corner. You go to your corner. You, <laughs> you take the hydrogen, you burn it in place of natural gas. That produces the electricity that everybody needs to make their air conditioners work. All right, here we, this is how so, we're going to solve the problem. It's with the easy solar peasy. 
we got to stop sending clowns like Michael Strahan up in space. Use the technology <laughs> that we're doing and spending money on that to put it into the solar panels so we can know. get if, a better solar panel. If we get all these rich people with their ideas into space, then I, I, some of the poor people that are just trying to live and work might actually have a better life. And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just solve the world's uh, landfill problems and garbage and sewage Please problems don't say as burn well. It. Yeah, it is burning it. And the reason why you burn it, you use a plasma furnace because a plasma furnace burns, uh, burns at the basically at the heat of the sun and reduces anything that you put in it, including heavy metals and poisons and everything else, to its basic element of carbon. And what is carbon? We all learned it in sixth grade. It's neutral. You can dump it anywhere. You can use it for anything. You can actually use it for a building block. Now you have true. tons and tons of carbon that you could add to. And no more making wood shortages. Bricks, making bricks, doing all the other stuff, everything else. You, you have all this carbon, left over carbon. Carbon two by fours instead of. Uh, I literally just solved the world's four. problems with two ideas. Right here on yeah, the Yeah, the salt thing's not going to work. The plasma thing might work. That's I haven't heard about that one, but like the burning stuff, that's why so many vets have issues right now with breathing because of the burn pits. Hold on. Why, why, why would the salt thing work? If you resalt the water as Be, it goes back out. It's, because it's more. It's a high, way higher salt content because you've taken out most of the fresh salt. water. It's pure salt, salt, and salt that brine is really bad. It it's destroying. Like California was trying it for a little while, and you it know just, what? I don't care about California. It can break off and, so and it, become its own country. So here's what we do. You ready? Here we go. <gasps> Put solar panels out. Solar panels produce electricity. Electricity produces the hydrogen. Take the hydrogen, you burn it into a, a fuel plant like we have here. It produces electricity. The steam that comes off of it is pure water. Take the water, capture it, put it back in, put it into piping or store it in tanks. Now you have basically fresh, clean water that's been produced. Stick it out through the pipes, and you got it there. You don't have to do any salt water, anything right there. Or you take the salt water, pump it into a plasma furnace, take all the steam, capture the steam off of there. That's pure water that comes out that's been cleaned by the plasma furnace. Put it into tanks, put it back into pipes, put it in your house. We're done. Taking a break. Big and Wild Outdoors. Brandon Ford. We'll be back. I'll be home for Christmas. Hey, what? I, I, don't, I don't hear anything. I don't I hear anything. Come on. You did. Christmas pranks. How wonderful. Let's get the tree on fire. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden Gunn, Vince Noble, and uh, Slick hanging out with you watching uh, Big Red. I guess that's what you've named him. He's that not is your pet squirrel. Is Santa Claus, or is it a squirrel? Oh, we can, you should have called him Santa. I, he's, a, he's a big red squirrel. Hey, I mean, we can call him whatever. He is huge. I told you he was there earlier. That is a winner for the squirrel competition coming up in Brooksville. That one right there, you bring up uh, five I'm, of those. You're walking away with every ounce of cash. You're, you're walking thing. away with the Lifetime Achievement Award with that one. <laughs> he <laughs> knows I'm here. He's been looking into the camera. I think he knows I'm watching him. That squirrel's got to be at a minimum three pounds, I literally. Like <laughs> He's got to be literally th- at a minimum three pounds. He Man. may be larger than that. I mean, it's hard to tell That's with a the big cam. Boy. But uh, those old big old red squirrels, uh, they used to call them fox squirrels uh, back in the day, but they're a little different than the fox squirrel that we have here. Uh, speaking of weird animals and weird places, we're talking about this squirrel in Iowa, uh, the story that came out. A little bit beginning of last week, I uh, wanted to get to. I wish Bill George was here. I wish Bill George was here. 
Never uh, once has that phrase been muttered in this entire building, yeah. especially at an FWC meeting. <laughs> well, speaking of the FWC, the they were actually uh, revealed on social media like a week or so ago. There was a car wreck that you may have seen on the news that involved two people. Uh, it was a van, I think it was, like a, a Suburban or something. I can't remember. It's an SUV type thing. But not only were there two people involved, but there were also two alligators involved. Were they driving or were they just sitting in the back as passengers? I was say, wait, where were the gators at? The FWC posted the uh, 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 the pictures of it, writing that a six and a half foot and an eight foot alligator were found hanging from the window of an SUV <laughs> that had been involved in a collision. The officers removed the animals from the vehicle and taped their mouths shut with electrical tape. Unfortunately, this precaution was ultimately unnecessary because the alligators were already dead. So according to one of the two drivers, the two gators had been killed earlier that day during a fishing trip, and he had been transporting the gators in the SUV when he got into the accident. And when their officers were asked to assist in the vehicle incident involving two people and two alligators, uh, the officer said he wasn't sure to expect, and once he was on the scene, he saw the six and the eight-footer hanging out the rear window of the SUV. And the officer immediately removed them from the vehicle to make sure that they were dispatched properly and all that kind of stuff. When was this? When was this? Uh, let's see. What day was that? Yeah, what day it was, was, it was that? a week or so ago. Oh, so it's well out of Gator yeah, season. Yeah, way, way out. Yeah. So uh, this one here, uh, the officers removed the animals. They were already dead. And uh, the guys basically, uh, it says, after interviewing the individuals, one of them finally admitted to killing the alligators while fishing. And then both suspects were uh, and loaded the gators in the SUV. Both the alligators expired. Both individuals charged accordingly. Good. They need to be. Yeah. Yeah. You're ruining it for the rest of us. Well, it's like you talk about the gator or the gators in the truck. I don't know if you saw on Facebook this week, some clown had a Mako shark tied to the back of his <laughs> pickup truck. What? Yeah. Yeah, I saw that one. You saw that? Yeah, that I was looked, wild. I had to stop and th- I'm like, that's a Mako shark. What the God's name is he doing? Well, was he just taking it home? I mean, they're I, legal I, I, to keep. You can eat them. They're legal to keep, but, well, but you're, you got it strapped to the back of your truck with no ice in the sun. That Maybe. meat's got to be rancid by the time you get home. Oh, oh, man. Sharks are pretty hardy. I've had them in the bottom of the boat for a while and still cut them up. And Bye, Big Red. It was not. Did he leave? Yeah, you took off. Uh, somebody must have spooked him. And but, woodpeckers are going to show up. <laughs> woodpeckers shows up. Everybody takes off. Uh, that's, that's a bad thing. Uh, before we get out of here, I, I know this is our last uh, little dealio before the thing, but I wanted to bring up a little conversation that I had with <clears throat> a person on uh, social media, which is always a great place. Yeah. <laughs> they have just wonderful. You have the best of conversations, conversations. on social media, don't you? Yes, I, I really do. And uh, this one has always been kind of a pet peeve of mine <clears throat> because I never could understand how people take it this kind of far. But this individual had uh, posted a picture of a albino deer. Okay, it was on the side of a road. It was a nice big buck, nice big rack, which is kind of rare on one of them. <clears throat> but this was a true albino, you know, a pink eye, do the whole deal, things, whatever. Alive, dead. Alive, okay. standing on the side of the road. So this person with the name, first name, you ready? Ready, Slick? I'm ready. Miracle. 
Oh dear God! Please tell me his last name isn't on. Oh, ice. it's a girl. No. It's a girl. Her of name is, is. Her name is. Well, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. Did I just uh, assign a gender? Sorry. Uh, his sis. I you, so see, yeah, so. he can't tell. Uh, He's still in that Facebook arguing mode. The face that's associated with the name is Miracle. Uh, recently cited location will remain undisclosed to deter hunters. The white stag is sacred and must not be hunted. This is a sign to me that there's still hope. <laughs> I'm just gagging thinking about that post. I'm going to go ahead and read it again because it is just so good. <laughs> I'm sorry. Cited recently, location will remain undisclosed to deter hunters. The white stag is sacred and must not be hunted, period. This is a sign to me that there is still so she put the moniker on there, right? She did, yes. Okay, cool. So my retort, <laughs> to, so my retort to her uh, post and pictures was stag question mark one. We don't refer to whitetails as a, a stag in in anywhere in North America. And I said it's only sacred because someone thinks it's sacred. Nothing mystical, religious, or special about a mutation. Why don't you Canadians think white snow is sacred? That's a good point. I was trying to figure out uh, if there I, was a snow cone joke that, in there. That, I was thinking, too. My head was... No, just because it's white, somehow or another, it's sacred. White... <laughs> <laughs> the face. White bunnies? White bunnies? They're so cute. Not so sacred. So cute. White buffalo? Muy sacred. White moose? Sacred. Sacred. White cat? Ah, that thing painted my front yard. No one cares. White castle? White dog? No one cares. Whoa, whoa, whoa. White German shepherd, Germans, uh, they, they, there's not a very good track record with white German shepherds in Germany. But they're not sacred. No one is sitting there saying that they are some sort of He's, symbol of something or other. But this is my sacred land that's all covered in that white powdery stuff that's sacred. What about the sacred it's a mutation. It's a mutation. It, it, yeah, I'm not it, disagreeing with you. Because some man, some human, said that this is sacred. That's it. I could say this cup full of Copenhagen spit is sacred. Now, does that mean that it is? Well, I'm just saying, does that mean that it is? All hail the Copenhagen Spit Cup. Almost bow. You cannot throw away the sacred white cup of Copenhagen uh, expectorant. (laughs) There's no way you can do that. But I just, I I love how people assign religious symbolism or sacredness to an animal that has nothing but a mutation in its gene. That in real life, Chances are it would not make it live very long. This buck right here was a young buck. It's maybe maybe two years, maybe at the most. Will that sucker ever see uh, four or five? Chances are not. No, yeah, because somebody's going to be able to, like, you'll be able to pick that thing out, right, out ben- of a hole. Ben- benefit of the doubt, let's, let's, let's play devil's advocate. Go ahead. Maybe she's not educated in the world of outdoors. Oh, yes, she is. In her own way. In her own way. But maybe she doesn't understand 
Does she spend like more than 30 minutes outside telling a tree how much she loves it? <laughs> Let me just go ahead and say that the end of the argument started as soon as she called it a stag. Well, of course, not a stag. I mean, a stag, a red stag, all that stuff is exactly. a totally different breed of critter. So it's it's totally uh, unique in its own way. And that's why. And I you said, said there's no stags in North America, no. right? Not unless they were brought here and released. New now, Zealand, right? Yeah, yeah, New Zealand, Scotland, Scotland I mean, yeah. England, places like that. But we do have them here, but they were brought here. And, and bred here. special locations, too. Yeah. They're not out and just... In ranches on private land, right. usually. Now, there might be a couple of escapees. I'm not going to say there's not, but I just, you know, the stag was brought here. The only stag that I know of that anybody considers to be sacred is the one that's on the bottle of Jägermeister. Yeah. I was going to say, don't they have red, red stag uh, whiskey, too? Uh, that's pretty sacred. Well, I guess, yeah, well, red stag. But, no, I'm saying that if you look at the bottle of a Jägermeister bottle. It's got the stag on there. Well, what's in between the horns of the stag? I never really looked at that much. You've been uh, drunk by that much by that time? You know, <laughs> I don't look at the bottle. I just look at the stuff inside of it as I'm drinking it. And uh, <laughs> you, don't, you don't know what that was on the bottle of it? You don't I, know? No, I, I honest, honestly do not know. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, you got your phones? You got your phones? All right. I want you to look up Jägermeister uh, label. Can you spell Jägermeister? <laughs> Why am I doing this on a phone? I got a computer y -A right here. Y-A-G-E-R, Jäger. Or, I mean, uh, uh, J-A-G-E-R. J-A-G-E-R. Oh, wow, hold on. I'm looking at it. All, All right, you see it, it? You see it? Uh, the Hold on. I see it, but it's small. Like, there we go. Oh, the cross. Yes, there's a crucifix in the middle of it. There's a crucifix in the middle of it because that goes in with the the uh, the legend of St. Hubris, who was a big-time hunter who was out killing a lot of animals and all the stuff and was actually kind of going overboard. And one day a giant massive stag came over a crest of a hill and between the horns he saw a crucifix. I always thought and he took that as a sign that he needed to change his ways. I always thought the cross was for like, dear God, I'm never going to drink this again. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a secondary thing. Or after you drink half of it, you look at the bottle and go, Please, Lord, help me through this. I, mean, I still seriously. got a whole half bottle left to go. Yeah, yeah, but no, that's a lot of people don't know that. That that's the there's religious symbolism in that, and that's the only one I could say that would be considered to be a sacred stag I, image. I, that's pretty cool. I didn't. I never knew the cross was there. Well, you, you listen to the show to learn things. So, but if you see a white uh, bunny or a white uh, stag or a white whatever out in the woods, I'm going to make at least one side of it red. Ooh, you nasty. You know why? Because when you wrap them in Ziplocs and you put them in uh, white butcher paper, they now still they're sacred. They still look <laughs> sacred. <laughs> All right, we got to take a break. It no, is a big wild that's, that's, There's no we're break. We're done. What, Christmas what, what, time, baby. We're oh, going. it is. Oh, we got to go open present. Or at least I got to. Yeah, go you guys present. can unleash the chain that's got me bound to this chair. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> poor guy. You shall not leave. Are hey, we Merry done? Christmas. We're yeah, we're done, man. Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas, everybody. It's been think, a heck of a year. Uh, now we just have to ask everybody in the room, are we going to show up after a night of libations for New Year's? I will not be here. I'll be here. I will not be here. You're volunteering to... Uh, I'm volunteering to bow out. Yeah. I will not be here New Year's Day. Well, again, then. again, just remember what the symbolism on the Eager is for. 
<laughs> I, I will be praying. Don't worry. I got All my right. birthday and New Year's coming. I will not be here. All right. Well, then we'll work out something for everybody. All right. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas. We hope you have a great and wonderful day, and we'll talk to you next Saturday. Remember, you can always go check us out at bigandwild.com and check out the giant squirrel deer, coon, <laughs> cam, uh, Big red, red. everything. It's all right there. Merry right? Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, Slick. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, guys. See you, boys.